Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Cracking Nights show trade deadline special. So we are coming at you at a slightly different uh, day and time than normal, but for good reason, because the trade deadline happened and we thought it would have been a little bit stupid for us to record on a Sunday night and have missed out on the trade madness that was uh, Monday for uh, for all of us, including JP, because JP is back in the US. So hello, JP. This this feels a bit more normal, doesn't it? It does feel more normal, except that my jet lag is awful right now uh, from <laughs> having been overseas for like three weeks. But uh, yeah. I don't know which way's up, but it is good to be home and back on uh, my normal setup. And uh, you know the audio is at least somewhat normal this week, although hmm. it probably only matters to us. But uh, uh, but here it is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone noticed. And um, you're right. That means for me, it's a Tuesday night. For you, it's probably Thursday because your jet lag is so bad. But uh, exactly. But hey. That's what my body thinks anyway. But uh, <laughs> good to be back and just in time for a crazy trade deadline day. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And for those of you who are new to the show, uh, you will know, that, or you won't know because you're new to the show, but just so you do know, uh, the Kraken Night Show covers the two youngest teams in the NHL. So that means we cover only the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights, although we do occasionally talk about some other stuff, but that's probably what we do. And for those returning listeners, uh, A, thank you for returning. It's very much appreciated. Um, but also, you'll see a slight difference with this episode because we are only talking about trades. So we're not going to depress ourselves talking around recent <laughs> games, recent <laughs> results. You know, we couldn't even think of a player of the week because it's been so bad. So we're not yeah. going to do any of that. We're just going to go mm. straight into the trade deadline and it was a pretty pretty active trade deadline for at least one of the two teams uh, we said we would start <laughs> with, uh, with with the Vegas Golden Knights uh, which which maybe won't take too long as there was only one trade and yeah. somebody in and well, we don't have a cracking Knights legal team but if we did he or she would be sat behind me saying um well actually at the moment it's 0.5 of a trade right. because of the chaos which is the Donanov trade yeah uh, yeah and obviously it's still a developing story but at the time of this recording um <laughs> yeah the Evgeny Donanov trade is um just a, a perplexing and bizarre dumpster fire that is the perfect punctuation mark on a season that's been plagued with <laughs> bad luck and accidents and weirdness uh, for the franchise. So it's 100% appropriate that the trade deadline day would also, you know, be riddled with, uh, with bizarre occurrences. So for anybody who's not hundred percent clear on what went down and this is, this is as I understand it. So the Knights worked a deal with Anaheim to move Evgeny Dodonov. It was a cap dump deal. So they essentially, you know, Anaheim agreed to take Dodonov and that gets him off the roster. And then the Knights in return took on, um, I believe it was Kessler's remaining salary because Kessler's not even playing anymore, right? There's an Um, LTIR, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they took his remaining salary and a a guy who's probably like an AHLer who's currently in Boston and injured. So essentially the whole thing was, it wasn't really a trade. It was just a cap dump, really a cap dump deal Mm -hmm. to get Dodonov off of the roster. Um, And as I understand it, like the 
the trade supposedly went through, was confirmed. And then Dodonov's camp came up and said, no, 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 we have a trade, a no trade clause, a 10 team, no trade clause. And Anaheim is one of the teams that Dodonov on his no trade clause, you know, says he won't be traded to. And somehow that supposedly was not filed with the main office by Ottawa back when Dodonov was traded. Like it's, it's a really Such messy a mess. situation. And so now there's argument as to whether, you know, Dodonov's camp is claiming it was filed on time. Ottawa is saying, you know, they, they told Vegas that the clause wasn't legal because it wasn't filed on time. I mean, it, it's so confusing and it couldn't be more polarizing among the fan base and how they feel about it. Like the people who hate management are saying it's management's fault. You know, the people who defend management are saying it's not their fault. And then there's other people saying that everyone shares. I mean, it's just a complete dumpster fire of a situation. <laughs> it is. We, we, we don't use this enough, but, and for every trade, by the way, that we're going to go through, we're going to, we're going to grade them. Uh, as a plus or a minus, which means if they're a bad trade, they will get. <laughs> okay. And if they're a good trade, they'll get. There you go. So, whereas this one goes under the category of. Because, like, you just think, like, the... now they're saying it wasn't filed. Okay. Like, I think that's, to me, that's BS, but fine. Let's say, let's say it was filed and they missed it. Please tell me, and I don't know this because I'm not an NHL player, and, I, and I'm also not a lawyer, just to get that in nice and early in case anybody's thinking this is some sort of legal opinion. Because <laughs> it's not. Nor am I. <laughs> but if you are submitting a 10-team trade list, I'm guessing that that 10-team trade list is in alphabetical order, right? Otherwise, what the hell are you doing? Like, There's no way you're sending it where it says Vegas, Washington, Anaheim, Boston, <laughs> You know, it, it's not. It's going to be in alphabetical order, which means the Anaheim was probably at the top. So, <laughs> for them to miss it, I just, oh man, I just, it's so. And at what point did 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 Dadonov not know that he was a being traded, and then did he not know that he had a ten team no trade list? Like, because it went through as a trade. So much so, by the way, that Cap Friendly currently today has it down as a trade. It doesn't say pending utter debacle it says trade um and like someone must have rang evgeny up and said uh, hey man um it's not really worked um you were supposed to improve the power play that didn't happen you're supposed to score goals that didn't really happen either um so we shipped you off to anaheim but the good news is uh, it's still hot there and uh, and we could have shipped you off to Buffalo, which would have been a lot worse, right? Right. And, and he just on the other end of the phone went, all right, like, did he not at that point say, pretty soon I was on my non And like, he must have chose those 10 teams. Or, or, or do the players have no idea what the agents pick? I just, I find, I find this whole situation utterly bonkers. Bonkers yeah. in the fact of like, that you've got all these managements. I mean, somebody's getting sacked. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. That's, that's, that's Ian's hot take for the episode. Somebody's getting so someone at one organization is getting sacked. Either Afghani's agents getting sacked, someone of Vegas is getting sacked. And I don't mean Kelly like Kelly McCrimmon or something like that. I don't mean like the GM. I mean somebody, some yeah. poor little gopher guy or girl yeah. who oh, yeah. was supposed to have filed it, was gonna do it, 
then her friend rang and then she got all caught he got caught up and then he didn't or she didn't do it right that person's getting sacked but the i just don't i don't get it like this is supposed to be this is this is honestly it's 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 amateurish it really is completely amateurish and you know it, it, look even if and it's it's a total mystery right the, 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 this is basically going to be like an nhl murder mystery like who done it kind of thing <laughs> who done it? Yeah. you know and, and and i don't know that we're ever going to get a completely satisfactory answer um it's perplexing on how it could go wrong on so many fronts and um you know now of course the nhl is involved the nhlpa and the nhl is involved because they have to figure out how do we deal with this now because technically, you could go all the way back to the trade from Ottawa. You you could feasibly go, but because they're you know they're saying at least the rumor from insiders is that this trade is likely to be, I don't know the proper terminology, but to be rescinded or canceled essentially. So yep. if if that's the case, you know who has to right? It's so complicated. Who has to eat that right? Like obviously the Knights are probably going to end up having to eat that, which is terrible because. They needed to clear that cap space to be able to bring other players back onto the roster. You know, good luck finding any place for him now. Like, um, imagine the locker room. Like, yeah. Oh, oh he's, yeah. He's, like, <laughs> he was traded, and then like next game, he sat back in there. Like, hey guys, oh, like it's just <laughs> super awkward, right? And and like, can you yeah. imagine going back to a team that it's like, oh, they just tried to get rid of me, and. <laughs> for nothing absolutely nothing now i have to sit here and play like and and then i mean so the the other thing is if 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 there is some blame on ottawa's part let's say they go back and they're somehow Mm -hmm. able to sort of you know find blame there i mean he's you know he got traded last year like you know what i mean and there was a there was a player that went the other way and you can't undo that so (laughs) what how do you fix a mess like this? Like, and it's so unique. I think I read that it's happened. This has happened before. It's happened maybe like two other times in NHL history, but it's a super rare situation. So, I mean, what a mess on top of an already, and this all happened, like, by the way, we're not going to really talk about games today, but yesterday's game, you know, three players or two players and a coach were on COVID protocol they had to fly a couple of AHL guys out to the game who got off the plane and literally like rolled into the arena and threw on their pads essentially to, to play a hockey game. Like, so just that on top of, <laughs> you know, and then they proceeded yeah. to get shut out by Minnesota. Like yep. it, just like, you know, it's just the perfect punctuation mark on a dumpster fire of a season that's that's not all entirely the night's fault right there's a lot of bad luck this season too but um it's so appropriate it's just funny how that works like I, I'm, I'm in in some ways i'm not surprised that this is how the <laughs> trade deadline went for um for Vegas. the other two times that this happened i'm guessing was probably in an era where email right. retransfer like like this there is no right. excuse, but you know what i mean so but i mean i, in, I don't in know a paper that, era. just a guess that's yeah, what I mean. Back when they were still shuffling paper and files, you can and understand stuff like that. You can understand, yeah, yeah. Like you could see how something could get lost in the post, right? But right, it, exactly. Uh, wow. I mean, it's <laughs> it, it would be it wouldn't be as bad, um, Vegas fans. But that was everything. Like that was all you did, and 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 I'd love to get your opinion on this, JP. But it felt to me like 
Vegas not doing anything was kind of the Vegas office saying, we've got what we've got. If it, if they turn it around, great. But, you know, we're not going to kind of go for broke on this year because we're not really bought in. Like we, we kind of accept that this probably isn't our year. Mm. We're still in it. We're still in it to win it. We still want to win it. But we're not going to sacrifice any more future on this year. That's what it felt yeah. like to me. Yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. Yeah, I think um, I posted on something on my Twitter feed a, a couple of days ago, sort of because you know the Knights obviously they had a couple of good wins mm-hmm. uh, before yeah, yesterday's true. loss to Minnesota. Yeah, you know, they beat the Panthers for for God's sake, and beat then well. uh, <laughs> you know, and then turned around and won their next game as well against the Kings. And so you're thinking, well, gosh, like the deadline's a few days away. Now the, the Knights are showing signs of life after a five-game losing streak on the road. Um, you know, so you, what do you do with the team like that? It's so confusing. And I even asked that kind of on my Twitter profile, like, what do you, what do you, what does the management do in that situation? And a lot of people said, I think it's a stand pat kind of year. And I think, mm. I think, cause the teams when healthy is full, they don't need anybody else when fully healthy. The team is, is totally stacked enough to be a contender, but, um, and, and Kelly McCrimmon had a press conference yesterday about the Dodonoff trade. That was before things went belly up. That was, you know, that was when the, it was still yeah. assumed that it was a successful trade, but he said that in his press conference, he was like, look, we're, we were never planning to add at the deadline. The way that we're going to add is by getting our team healthy, which yeah. we hope for. And he essentially said, I know the, you know, the fans are tired of hearing about it. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a little here, but he said something to the effect, we're also tired of living it. You know, and um, DeBoer in his press conference yesterday before the game also said something to the effect of, I've never ever seen a season like this ever. In, you know, in all my years in hockey, I've never mm-hmm. seen anything like it. So, um, yeah, it, it totally makes sense. I mean, health is what this team needs. Now, you could argue, um, you know, you could argue maybe the team's too old, or there's other there's people trying to come up with reasons why they're so injured, mm-hmm. uh, aside from just bad luck, and and that's a completely separate conversation. But but yeah, the reality is they don't, they don't really need to add if they're healthy. And I, I think you're right. I think they said, well, look, if we can get healthy and squeeze in, maybe we got a shot, but you're right. It's not, I think they're smart enough to know you're not going to save this team by adding somebody at the deadline. Like no. it's not going to, it's not going to be enough. Right. No. And, and they're going to have to make a bunch of moves in the off season anyway. So, um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Conservative approach, right? It's like, well, let's hopefully we can get some of these. I mean, they still they're still up to like eight or nine guys out of the lineup right now. So it's there's, just there's eight on on L T I R right yeah. now, but that would yeah. include obviously Ryan Kessler, um, right? I presume right. because yeah. uh, he is as of today he is a Vegas Golden Knight, even albeit Technically, that could is. get yeah. Uh, reversed. Yeah. So right. so for me, right. and correct me if I'm wrong, JP, but I had this trade in terms of its rating as a. Purely because of the debacle around it, it's actually quite a good trade if you if it had gone through. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I would say um, based on on the debacle, that's an accurate mm. rating, and and I'd be shocked if Dodonov becomes a duck at this point. I, <laughs> based on the information we have right now, I think it's the trade's going to get. Like I said, I don't know the technical term, but the trade's going to be rejected. I think. I think Dodonov's going to be a Golden Knight. You know. Yeah, I gotta say that. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, they should just ask 
Evgeny and say, look, I know you shouldn't have been traded, but what what, what do you want to do? You know, like, because maybe sure. he's going to say, actually, I don't want to be at Vegas because they don't want me. Right. I don't want to go to Ottawa because it's Ottawa. So yeah. let me stay in California and I can work on my tan for six months. Right. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe it's, I, sure. I just think, like, it's such a weird scenario. Yeah. Even if the letter of the law says, well, because Ottawa didn't file it, the trade's rescinded, as is the original trade. Right. So actually it reverses twice. I just, this is sometimes where you just think, Jesus Christ. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, no, nobody wants him. So let's just find a home for him and move on, you know, and maybe he'll be a success. It's a bizarre situation. And the other thing is when he put that list together, you you wonder what were, what were his reasons for not wanting to go to Anaheim? Obviously, Anaheim stunk for a few years. They don't stink now. They they may miss the playoffs, good, but yeah. Yeah. but they're looking better now. You know, state tax is huge in California. There's there's, there's a, it's an expensive place to live. Those all could have been factors, but it's possible as well that now you know they may be able to sweeten the deal a little bit for him, and, and they'll go to Anaheim anyway. But but that would have to be after this deal falls through, like it would have to be a new deal, a separate deal, right? Like not, this deal is not going to go through. I don't think the way it stands, they would have to start from scratch, you know, and trade him again with him agreeing to how do they do that after the deadline? Like surely it would have to be in the off season. You, you'd think so. Unless, unless, um, well, actually there is a loophole. Um, and I found out about this a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I did not know this. So if, if, if any listeners already knew this, um, then you are better than I, which is not difficult. Um, but I always get the best caveat. I can just sound British. I don't know this stuff, all right? Um, like we, we, we're, we're there eating crumpets and drinking tea. I haven't got a clue what's going on. Um, and uh, But they had this, this, this clause which um, allows you to trade after the deadline, but you're not allowed to use that player in the right. playoffs. Right. So that's the rule. So technically, the loophole would be they could still trade Dodonov Mm-hmm. post deadline yeah but he couldn't play in the playoffs which isn't a problem because anaheim are not making the playoffs and right possibly neither are vegas but uh, anaheim right. definitely are not making the playoffs yeah yeah that's that's my understanding of the rule as well and you know you wonder how much flexibility does the league have how much authority does the league have to say these are extenuating circumstances it's a very unusual situation like, you know, are they, I know you can't open that can of worms making except exceptions to rules, but it's one of those situations where I feel like it's going to be, it's, it's going to be very difficult to find the ultimate culpability who's ultimately at fault. Supposedly there's a record, like a paper trail of Dodonov's camp submitting the no trade clause. Like they supposedly have a record of submitting it on time. So it's, I think the problem is they're going to have a really hard time finding where did this go wrong and who's culpable for it. You know what I mean? It's awful, man. And Ugh, a mess. The league makes exceptions all the time. And you know why? Because Arizona's about to play in a 1,000-seater <laughs> stadium, okay, which that, is an, an absolute... True joke that right? is so true they yeah. like there's like they they could they could sort this out they could yeah. sort this out and i think it just has to be what's the best interest of the player like he's not losing out a penny of his income taxes right. aside of course um, yeah. and maybe that's what they say is that the trade can go through but vegas have to make up the difference in tax or whatever 
hell they are. They can sort it out. I mean, Jesus Christ. They, yeah. They can, yeah. They can expand the league by two teams and do all the legal crap around that. They can they can sort this out. So yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, like Dodonov doesn't. He's not going to want. He's not going to play for Vegas if he goes back anyway. Right. Right. So I just it just seems crazy. So that yeah. that was Vegas anyway. That was that was their <laughs> lovely trade fest. A wonderful um, trade trade deadline day. Yeah. Now the Kraken had a little flurry of uh, uh, pun intended of um, <laughs> of trades, right? And uh, and some of them we expected, some of them we did not. So they started, and we'll go all the way back to March sixteenth, where this fun started and. And Ron Francis grabbed his sledgehammer and smashed into the core and said, yep, that's been broken up. So Callie Yarncroke was traded to the Flames, which uh, I thought was a pretty outstanding trade. So we got back a second, a third, and a seventh, um, which for Callie Yarncroke, who was an RFA at the end of this year, I felt that was a pretty good trade, to be honest. Could we have got a first? Um Nope, because he wasn't worth it. So, and I, I and I, to be honest, a second and a third, twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. So not both this year, but it was okay. It's a Florida second, so it could end up being pick number sixty two. But we'll wait and see. So that was the first one. Then you had um, the Geo saga. So everyone's known that Mark Giordano is, is, was going to be traded. It was a case of where was he going to go, and there was a lot of quiet. Then it came out that he wanted to go to Toronto, um, and and then I'm pretty certain it was announced that he they Seattle, even though they had better offers from other places, let him go to Toronto. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. But I would guess not, given what they got back. But anyway, so he went to Toronto. Seattle retained fifty percent of salary, which they were always going to do. He also we also lost Colin Blackwell, which I I was. I was a little bit gutted about that because I kind of felt like he was a he was a good bottom six guy, but I, you know maybe he wanted too much money because he he his contract was up at the end of the year as well. Mm-hmm. And Toronto gave us two seconds and a third. Now this is the trade which is kind of cutting the room. Some people have this as a good trade, some people don't. Now I personally rate this trade, and the reason why is because Giordano has been absolute. So I think you've got to take into account how a player's performing. Because a lot of people looked at the Ben Chirot trade and said, yeah, but Montreal got a first for Ben Chirot. Why didn't we get a first when you've got Blackwell and you've got Giordano in that trade? And I think it's a good point. But Dubas made it pretty clear he was not going to give Seattle a first for him. And a bit like the Dodonov trade, and the reason why I actually, if you took the debacle out, I felt it wasn't a bad trade. There'll be Vegas fans saying, what do you mean it wasn't a bad trade? We gave up a player for nothing, but it got you out of five million of salary. And by mm-hmm. the way, guys, not this year. He was on next year as well. So it, 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 it made sense. They were going to have to do it anyway. Um, and the problem with trades is like it's like buying a house. It doesn't matter what you want. It's what the market will give you. So That's you right. might want four hundred grand for your house, but if the market's only going to give you three fifty, well, tough titty, you're going to get three fifty, or you're or you're not going to sell it. And I think that was the issue with Giordano is nobody would give the Kraken a first, so it became a case of well, how do we get the most picks and the best the best kind of haul you get? And and second round picks are not to be 
you know, kind of snuffed out because it's, even though, yes, I guess the argument would say the Toronto pick, so they'll be later in the draft, but Toronto have a habit of going out in the first round, so they won't be that late. Um, so, <laughs> like, and actually, second round picks are based on where they finish in the league, not the right. playoff position. So, actually, they could end up being quite late. But the point is, we don't have players. We talked on a previous podcast, and I, I gave the numbers around Kraken's roster. So, not just AHL and NHL players, but actually including prospects. And it, the Seattle Kraken roster is like below half the size of all the other NHL teams. It's tiny. Yeah. So they had to load up on picks. Yeah. So for me, would I have preferred to have got a first? Yes. Did I think they were going to get a first? Well, I did, but you know the GMs weren't ringing me and saying, Ian, this is what we think. So, whereas they were ringing Ron Francis, and I just don't think like Ron Francis didn't have a first on the table and he went, eh, I'll have two seconds. Like, but he obviously couldn't get it. So for me, I thought that was a good trade. And the reason why I thought it was a good trade was the next trade that came through. And I, I, my only explanation for this is that Nashville must have never watched a cracking game all year, but they gave us a <laughs> second round pick for Jeremy Lozon. And that is... I mean, actually, I want to give it this, but I actually feel like it's this. <laughs> so for that. But because, <laughs> because, right, he is crap. He is utter crap. How is he worth a second round pick? I have no idea, but we will take it and we will move on because no idea. So I felt that was a good trade. Mason Appleton then traded for, was traded for a fourth round pick. I didn't like that trade. I felt like Mason Appleton, yes, his contract was up, but he was an RFA. So to be traded for a fourth rounder and Winnipeg's fourth rounder, that's basically a fifth rounder. And I'm not being funny, but everyone knows after the third round, it's basically a crapshoot. I mean, you, you don't know who you're going to get. You don't know whether they're going to turn into a superstar mm-hmm. or whether or not they're going to turn into a footnote on you know, on a bloody quiz show somewhere. It's just, yeah, I didn't like that trade. I, I felt that was poor value. Do you, do you think that there was some bias there from from the Jets? I mean, because they they drafted him originally in the expansion draft. I think I read right. Like he has some history with the Jets. Do you think it was more like some bias there that they know the player? So here's here here is uh, my hot take. Okay, and uh, people are like Jesus Christ, has this guy just found a media board? No, no, no. I've had it the whole time. I'm just going nuts on it today. Um, the uh, so. I think Mason Appleton isn't going to sign in, in, he's not going to sign in Vegas, definitely. He's not going to sign in Winnipeg either. I think Uh, he's going to come back to the Kraken. And I think that's why it's such a low pick. I think there's an an under the table. I could be wrong. I don't know anything. There's no insider. I said, Ron Francis. I'm still waiting for him to return my calls. Interesting. Um, (laughs) But he, I just feel like it was such a low pick. I kind of feel like maybe Ron and the GM at Winnipeg, whose name escapes me right now, sat down and he said, we kind of want Mason, yeah, but we're not going to pay him because we can't. Right, yeah. We're going to lose Andrew Kopp because he's going to go to New York, which they knew because he was traded to New York on the same day uh, for quite a bit. Winnipeg got a great haul back in that. And maybe Winnipeg said, we want him. But we're not going to. We're probably not going to sign him. So if you give it him for this, we'll let you re-sign him back as an RFA at the end of the year, and we won't match it. 
do you think like what, I don't know the rules about what parts have to be public and what don't, but do you think teams make, I would think teams would have to make little sort of agree side agreements like that all the time. Like even going back to conversations you and I have had about the whole Leonard flurry thing. Like I remember you kind of said, you felt like there might've even been sort of an agreement in place that like, you know, that they were going to, that that was a trade in a way, but just spread Mm -hmm. out over a season for various reasons. Mm -hmm. So do you, so you're saying in this case, you think it's possible that they've got a, you know, sort of an additional part of that agreement. And so I guess I'm curious, like, do you know anything about how much of it has to be public? The only part they ever make public is who goes where and what was exchanged for them, right? Like, I'm sure there's rules about what has to be public and what doesn't. It makes sense to me that teams would have little side deals like that all the time. It happens all the time. And and it happened a load in the expansion draft, not our one, but it happened in yours. Um, And in our one, everyone went, ah, sorry, Kraken, we've had three years to practice. So you you (laughs) guys got the short Um, end of the stick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're, we're... There's an old phrase about not making the same mistake twice, and obviously sure. all the GMs stuck to that. But if you think yeah. about it, there's times where you see somebody sign a contract, and then two seconds later they're traded. Right. Like, obviously, yeah. that conversation has been had before he signed the contract. Sure. You know, sure. And it, make, yeah. it makes total sense why you would do that. So mm-hmm. I could be, I could be proved wrong, and maybe Mason Appleton will sign with the Jets, and he'll have a long and illustrious career scoring against the Kraken every time he plays. <laughs> but I, I just kind of feel like, yeah. It didn't. It didn't match market value. Right. I guess was my thought. So yeah, you're thinking they could have and should have gotten more for him. Basically. Yeah. So for me, that trade is 100. <laughs> percent It's just crap. Um, pending, fu- pe- pending, pending future developments. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. Future considerations. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't, what the hell are future considerations? I know. I don't, I don't even know what that means. Please don't explain so to me what it is. That's so. maybe that's the catch-all term for those little side deals. And future, future considerations, considerations right? I'm going to try and use that at work. So when they say, "Oh, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't hit your target this week," I went, "Ah, oh, no, no, no." Future considerations. Future. It's all fine. <laughs> um, <so. laughs> um, the, the last two trades, the last one was, oh, Jesus Christ. I can't stand that guy. But anyway, so we'll go to the one before. But I, I, I like it. So JoJo, um, which is Marcus Johansson, uh, was traded, which I, I kind of wasn't surprised because he's had a really good season. He's looked like I think Washington have done well out of this trade. Uh, Daniel Sprong, who for those of you who have been following the NHL for a little while, Yes, that is the Daniel Sprong, who's currently played for Anaheim, Pittsburgh, Washington, and now Seattle. Um, And he struggled to have any impact at any of those teams. Will he turn it around in Seattle? Nope. Um, He he will. Maybe maybe they'll re-sign him, but I I really highly doubt it. If, If Ron Francis is thinking that Daniel Sprong is the answer to our top six problem, then I think we've got a problem, which is which is his his brain. But I, 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 he's not stupid; he knows that. Um, the fourth and the sixth round picks, <sighs> yeah, not great. I kind of again, I have this trade down as a because I just and look going back to what we said about the geo trade. I'm sure if Ron was on this podcast, and you're always welcome on this podcast, Ron, um, that he would say, "Yep, yeah, well, but." that was the best we could get, well, then fine, I understand it. And he, and he is a UFA. So if Marcus Johansson isn't part of the future, and I can understand why he's not, because 
we probably don't have anywhere for him to fit next year if they're going to use free agency like we think they are. You know, you're better off getting something rather than nothing. But he's a good player and I kind of feel like he, he was worth more than that. I mean, just very quickly on him, he's on point scoring to date. He has 23 points in 51 games, <clears throat> which isn't great. But it is on the Kraken, so it's um, you've got to take that into account. It's not bad for a guy who would be seen in, in Washington as being quite clearly bottom six. So a point every other game, not bad. Uh, and then the last trade is Seattle realized that they had no players and they thought, oh crap, we need to sign somebody. And Minnesota Wild very quickly said, oh, you can have Victor Rask. Um, and, uh, and you know, whether it's the Carolina-Ron Francis connection and he feels like he can turn Victor around I highly doubt it. I think it was just filling up a roster spot. But Victor Rask is now a Seattle Kraken. And they did this whole big like press release, like, welcome to Seattle, Victor. And I thought, yeah, let's hope you're not here very long, pal. Um, <laughs> so I, I don't rate him. I think he's, I think he's overrated. Um, in fact, actually, he's probably not overrated. I think most people feel like me that he's crap. Uh, so I don't think he'll be a Kraken nut for very long. And if they extend him, then I will have that as a... <laughs> but assuming that it was just to fill out a roster spot and they gave up nothing to get him because they gave up future considerations, right. <laughs> then, then I would class that as a... Yeah, you wonder You wonder if a couple of these moves were literally just, yeah, because they had spots they needed to fill just to get to, to get to the rest of the season, right? I don't know. I mean, is it are they that skimpy? I think so. I think so, mate. I, I, and I, you know, I, I was quite critical about the trade when it came out, and then I can't think it was, but somebody, someone posted on Twitter commenting on my bit saying, "Yeah, it's because they had to fill the roster with players, and they can't call them all up from the AHL because we just don't have that many players in the AHL because of what we were talking about earlier." So, um, you know, I, I take what she said on the chin, and I should have thought my comment through, but I really hate Victor Rask, so emotion <laughs> led the better of me, and I just thought, "My God, why have they signed that?" Yeah, I can't keep using the beep button, but imagine it was a beep. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so that was that. So that's the Kraken. Now, in terms of overall, I felt it was a productive night. Um, we couldn't do this for Vegas because Vegas only did one trade. <laughs> but, <laughs> but overall, I felt like Ron had a, a B plus night. You know, if I'm going to grade it, it wasn't an A grade night because we didn't get a first and that's kind of the one resounding thing in that i'm kind of sat there going because people kept saying oh the kraken have got 33 picks in the next three years and i thought ah look you know i work in sales i, I know how toying with stats to make it sound a certain way works right it's, it's called misleading and over three years there's seven rounds which means that we were having 21 picks anyway. So saying we've got 33 picks, you're like, well, yeah, okay, that's fine. But you were having, you already had 21 if you did nothing. Right. So, and we've only got three first round picks in three years. Mm -hmm. uh, and, but in Ron's defense, there were not a lot of first round picks flying around. There really was not. And I think that to me, and I want to get your opinion on this too, JP, but that to me felt like it was because of, the fact that nobody wants to be the team that gives up the first round pick that loses you Connor Bedard. And that to me is why there was no trades for 2020. And the same with Shane Wright, I suppose, but no team is other than Avalanche and a few others, but 90% of the league is not that confident that they're going to go all in chips in the middle of the table and risk losing that level of prospect. Mm-hmm. 
because even the first round picks that were traded had conditional um or conditionality should i say around yeah. it being in the in the you know the top three of the draft lottery so i'm not i'm not surprised that we didn't get any firsts mm-hmm. but i'm still a little bit good <laughs> it, it i think it does depend on the draft year for sure mm-hmm. uh, the the draft year things like salary cap i mean all of those things i think affect the trade market in a major way and and um right there have been there are draft years where the where the um you know kind of the prospect pool that are going to be in the draft are it's not as strong a year right and then there's other years where it's on average very strong or like you said there can be you know every once in a while there'll be a, a couple of first rounders that come in that are just extraordinary yeah. talents everybody's really buzzing about them and then on a different year you'll have somebody that's you know there's some buzz but not to the same degree right so uh, i exactly. totally agree i think it's i think that really has a major effect on on the market and what teams are willing to part with and like you said uh, ron francis likely pulled about the best he could pull based on based on the market conditions, right? It's what the market will bear. So, which is unfortunate, right? It's unfortunate for Seattle that that's just how it timed out, but I think that's- It is what it is. And, you know, we've still got our first round picks and, you know, it's, yeah, I I trust, I believe in Ron. You know, I need need a little badge that I can wear while I'm starting these podcasts, but, you know, I believe in Ron and I I don't, I disagree with the fans or the Seattle fans. And I know there's not many of them, they just happen to be on Twitter, which is, as I've always said, is a bad barometer for anything. Don't, <laughs> don't ever use Twitter as your like, here's what yeah. the public think. Right. It's not what the public think. <laughs> here's here's what, what Twitter very thinks. noisy people think, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, people that are basically getting up in the morning and go, I hate all of this, whatever. It Ignore those guys. But I think, like, I didn't think it was a bad deadline. I felt the Kraken is, did what they needed to do. They got the best they could get. You know, it was it was it was a good night, and I and I trust in what he's trying to build there. Um, one team that did surprise me. This is this is my last point. I'll be we'll cover this pretty quick. So we said we didn't want this episode to go on too long, um, but it was Chicago, and the flurry trade aside, because we we don't want to talk about that. Everybody's talking about that because nothing happened in Vegas other than um, some admin mm-hmm. calamity, um, but. <laughs> Like Flurry went, like, we knew Flurry was going to move. I the the comment that somebody posted on Instagram where 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 apparently Mark Andre said, "I don't care where I go, but anywhere except for this <laughs> hole of a uh, of a town." There's no way Mark Andre Flurry said that. I'm just putting that out there. I say, "Anybody going to sell the Mark Andre Flurry trade?" Like that guy is super super good with the media. There is no way he went out to the media yeah. and said that about Chicago. I, Never happening in a million years. I think that might have been from from a a website that posts like joking memes or something. It wasn't very clear though, was it? It no, wasn't no, clear people that people took that, it that's as like, that's from. what he said. And I just thought, yeah. That. So ignore all of that exactly. and ignore the yeah. flurry trade. Mm-hmm. But Chicago traded Braden Hagel, um, the bagel, uh, if that's not his name, it should be, um, <laughs> to, to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. So bagel goes to Lightning and they get a haul of picks back and they got two firsts or a first and maybe it was two firsts and some other picks and some guys that, you know, if Chicago fans are thinking that these two prospects are going to come out and be something great, well, NHL 22 says that they won't because they, they never do. <laughs> Tyler Radish, whatever his name is, always turns out to be nothing, as does the other guy. Um, but anyway, so they got a bit. And Davidson came out and said, we're rebuilding. We're rebuilding. We needed these picks, blah, 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 blah. Then he did the Flurry trade. And Jonathan Taves came out and said, if Hegel gets moved, 
It just shows that nobody on this roster is safe. And that was a quote from Jonathan Taves. And I thought, Mm -hmm. Jesus, okay, maybe they're going to press the rebuild button, like fall slam down on the table and boom, explosion and and players go left, right and center. Right. And nothing else happened. Yeah. So I I was just, I was really surprised. And I said, I was a quick comment, but I was just really surprised that Chicago did, in my opinion, very little for a team that is clearly rebuilding. You know, I, I, why you would have Patrick Kane there when he is worth so much, even more so at the deadline, unless they think they can move him in the off season, but, or maybe he didn't want to waive his no movement clause. I don't know, but it just felt weird. That's one of those burn it all down situations, right? Like that's a, I think so. That's a, that's a dark negative way to, to say rebuild, but that's the like time to burn it all down. Right. Like, and start over. And, um, they didn't even hey, light look, a match, really. You can't, <laughs> yeah. If you want to go on a serious weight loss plan, you can't just change your skim milk for semi-skim no. milk. It's not enough, right? You've got to go full hog. You can't just keep having a cake and just switching yeah. the milk out. It's, it doesn't work like that. It's, so it's the same with rebuilds. It's, it's chicken breast and lettuce for uh, yeah, for the, the broccoli for Chicago and, and boring. Yeah. <laughs> like, take your medicine. All right, it's painful. But in, in like four months' time, you know, or whatever, when it gets to the end of the year and they're looking at the cap space they have, they can do something. But so I, right. I was a little bit surprised. But yeah. Um, well, and, and then I guess there's the possibility that they're really active in the off season. But like you said, um, yeah, maybe. Like you said, there, it seems like there's, there's value to be had at, at the deadline. And yeah, surprised that, like you said, flurry, I think we kind of expected, but. Oh, yeah, um, all day long. All day long yeah. that was happening. And he was only going to somebody who he felt was going to make the playoffs because that's that's the only reason he was doing it. He didn't want to leave Chicago because yeah, he hated right. Chicago, but he right. wants to win cups. You know, he's a he's yeah. a professional guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's his passion, and he'd like to go on another run if he can. I, what's really fascinating will be to see what happens because he's a rental, right, obviously. Like 100%. Minnesota, he's a total rental. So what'll be fascinating will be to see what happens in mm. the off season for flurry, whether he signs again somewhere, you know, or whether uh, he's done, like whether he throws in the towel, we'll be watching that closely. So Pittsburgh's my guess. This is my, yep. it's my guess. It's Pittsburgh or he retires. That would be my, yeah. although I haven't said that. If so, I, I didn't think he'd go to the wild. So um, what the hell do I know? We, we will find out. We will find out. But it's, uh, uh, it's been full of surprises. No doubt. It was definitely a dramatic Trade mm-hmm. deadline, I would say. Uh, it trade was. deadline day. It was. Uh, and apparently it had the most trades ever of a trade deadline, but 33 or 32 possibly if, if the Vegas yeah. one gets Right, received. yeah, maybe maybe subtract one. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, hey. it did. Well, to the point that the, um, the what is it called? The central, uh, I can't remember the name now, but they were backed up. Like, I don't know if you saw that, but they, they couldn't even <laughs> announce all the trades. Like uh, on on the, the Golden Knights had they always do a trade deadline thing that they stream like mm-hmm. a live stream. And they kept saying general manager, Kelly McCrimmon is going to be on to talk about deadline day. And, and they kept stalling and they kept stalling and they kept stalling and they kept saying, uh, he's not with us yet because this trade hasn't been finalized, but the rumor is, and then he never appeared on the live stream. And then the game happened and they kept saying, you know, that, that he was going to appear. And then finally, like during, like during intermission, one of the games they aired, his brief press conference and it's because that they were so backed up with trades like they couldn't process them all i mean jp i mean look 
it's not like this date was in the calendar the whole freaking year <laughs> and they know, knew right? it was coming. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like only I know, in the NHL. Was, they're they're like, oh, I didn't was... expect this much paperwork. You think you, you did? Yeah, it would, yeah did, did you, did you, did you, you need know? to hire some seasonal staff or something? Yeah, like, exactly. I, like, it was really, yeah. it was a bizarre, not just from the night's perspective, it was kind of a bizarre deadline day for a lot of reasons. It was. But, uh, hey, it's, it's nothing. Fun. It, it gives fun, us man. something to talk about and uh, it's... Um, yeah, it's certainly not boring, is it? So, uh, look, man, I've I, I always I always enjoy doing this anyway, but it's a lot nicer when we're not talking about games. <laughs> we like, needed a break from talking about games, man. It's a uh, yeah, exactly, man. So, hopefully, people have found this relatively interesting. I, we probably haven't told you anything you didn't know in terms of trades, unless you're living under a rock. But at least we may be giving you um, some opinions and hopefully a laugh or two along the way. Uh, if uh, if it was depressing for Vegas fans who were maybe hoping for a little bit more than a Didanov cock-up <laughs> and uh, for Kraken fans who were hoping for a first and ended up with a lot of seconds. So uh, you know, they always, it was Ayrton Senna that said that second place is first place of the losers. So I'm not sure if that works for second rounds as well. I hope not. Right, but, uh, right. We'll you have to laugh. I mean, you can't take it too seriously, right? You have you have to chuckle a bit. So oh, you do. You um, have to. That's do. what we did today. Plenty of laughing about this uh, this mess. So <laughs> exactly, man. So as always, guys, look. Thank you for listening. Um, we have got some pretty cool episodes lined up. Uh, if I do say so myself, and I may be somewhat biased in that uh, in that opinion. But if you hear what we've got coming up, maybe you will see why. Um, but we are interviewing Owen Krebs on Sunday this week. So next week's episode that comes out on Tuesday will be the interview with him. And then we are linking in with a, another podcast uh, the week after that. But we will announce that next week. Um, you guys will probably be able to guess for those of you that follow the show well. But we're excited to do that. We're going to have all kinds of nationalities on the on the podcast. We're going to have Canadians, Americans, Brits. It's you know, it's amazing, amazing Fully diversity global. at best. We're going um, global, going global. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> as always, thank you for listening. Um, if you <laughs> thank you for, from the clubs, thank you for putting up with these two teams <laughs> this year. <laughs> and uh, thanks we for your were, patience. <laughs> exactly, thanks for your patience. Yeah, but no, there's always next year, guys. There's always next year. And there's yeah, now that right. the trade deadline's done, that tells you there's only a couple of months till draft day. So, um, stay safe, stay well. We'll see you next week. Bye bye.